Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The Medinan Surah An-Nasr Ida Ja'a Nasrullahi Wal Fatih Fatih It's an opening and it means conquest at the same time. It's a very, very powerful word. Al-Fatih. Okay. Nasr means aid. But when Allah comes to, for, for Allah, it means victory. Okay. So if I give you Nasr, it means I'm giving you my help. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going you're gonna to succeed, right? Because we're humans and we're weak. But when Allah gives help, it means automatic victory. So إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ is the victory of Allah. وَالْفَتْحِ An opening. Opening of what? Opening of everything good, essentially. But in this case, of course, the, the, the circumstance around this revelation is the victory, is the opening of Mecca. Okay. وَكَانَتْ قِصَّتُهُ عَلَى مَا ذَكْرَ مُحَمَدِ بِنْ إِسْحَاقِ We all know Muhammad ibn Ishaq. He's the first author of the seerah. Okay. وَأَصْحَابُهُ الْأَخْبَارَ أَنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لَمَّا صَالَحَ قُرَيْشًا عَامَ الْحُدَيْبِيَةِ So when the Muslims were going for Umrah, and then they were stopped. So Abu Sufyan, he's, he's a very wily politician. Like even as a, even before Islam, he's, it's very impressive the things that he did in terms of how he managed. Of course, the messenger, peace be upon him, completely, uh, uh, completely checkmated him with this. But Abu Sufyan thought, Muslims are coming. If they come for Umrah, then it's an insult to us. Like our enemy is coming right into our own home. But if we stop them from coming to Umrah, then that's uh, you know against us because we're supposed to be the hosts. You're not a good host if you stop someone from coming. So what does he do? He sends out people to stop them well before they arrive at Mecca. So it was a smart strategy. So then uh, there they had uh, the sulh. They had a, a treaty of a 10-year peace agreement called Hudaybiyah. Now this agreement seemed to be all in favor of, 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 of Quraysh because there were a couple clauses in this agreement. Firstly, 10 years, no war. There'll be no more war for 10 years. Secondly, the numbers of Qurayshi Meccans would always increase as a result of this, whereas the number of Medinans would not. So how is that? If anyone defected from Quraysh, from Mecca to Medina. Now, remind you, this contract was between Medina and Mecca, not all Muslims. As the Prophet said, didn't. Of course, as the messenger, he rules all Muslims, right? But as uh, a world in the world, as, as he's also a leader of, in the world, he only rules Medina. His authority in the world is on Medina. So anyone who enters Islam and tr travels to Medina, the Muslims have to send him back. Anyone who defects from Medina and to become a pagan again, he's allowed to stay. Okay? So it seems, and then the Umrah is going to be delayed to the next year. So it seems to, it's like a loss, right? It's not a, it doesn't look like it's a good deal for the Muslims. Like, what are they benefiting from this? You lose numbers, you make Umrah the next year, and you can't keep fighting Quraysh. So you're not going to conquer Quraysh, Mecca, for like at least 10 years, right? That's what it seems like. And the deal is also between Mecca and Medina and all the tribes that ally with them. Because in the old days, you had cities, and this was for a long time. You had cities, and then you had tribes, shepherds, farmers, etc., villages around those cities. They're allied with that city. Okay, So that was the deal. And many, many people saw that Quraysh got the better side of the bargain. Okay. 
But Allah Ta'ala revealed that this is a conquest. This deal is a conquest. It's a fatah. Because there are a couple things that Abu Sufyan, he didn't keep into account. Number one, that Islam goes beyond the city of Medina. And the deal does not apply to them. Right? So you actually haven't solved your problem. Quraysh, of course, they have a big problem. They, they're at war with Medina. That means they're not safe to go travel to do trade north and south. So it doesn't apply to them. And that's one thing he never thought of. Secondly, who, what's the defection rate at that time from Quraysh versus from Medina? People are entering Islam. Nobody's leaving the Muslims and going to become a pagan again. So the defection rate, it looks like on paper like you're winning, but... There's no defection. There's nobody's leaving Islam to go live in Mecca again. Okay, what about the opposite? If people become Muslim in Mecca, then they come to Medina to strengthen the Medina numbers. The contract says they have to be sent back. Well, what are they going to do when they get sent back? They're going to do more da'wah, right? So eventually Mecca's going to have a strong percentage of Muslims in there. Uh, next one is that it didn't apply to women, okay? Because... The contract did not specify that it applies to women. Yes, the language of a plural verb, a Muslim, for example, Muslimun, applies to men and women if we want it to. But it also could apply to men only if we want it to. So therefore, well, the first person that this occurred to was a woman, right? And the contract was signed. And the Prophet said, we never said women, right? We never specified whether the plural here is Muslim men and women or Muslim women or Muslim men only. So it didn't apply to women. What happened soon, and, and oh, lastly, discipline. A 10-year no fighting. That means one incident of a, of a killing, of a murder, or an attack breaks the contract. The Prophet ﷺ knows the Sahaba have discipline. He's taught them discipline. They, 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 they fast, and they pray, and they have taqwa. And the pagans don't have this discipline. And he knows this, right? There's no way they're keeping this for 10 years. Okay. So the Prophet said him, this contract, this deal, looked so terrible at the moment. And that's why, as smart as any politician was, Nubuwa, prophethood, the light of prophethood will outdo any of that. And that's why we don't say that, and it's very important, Sheikh Saeed Ramadan Buti, his entire book, okay, Ryan's laughing, so we're going to have to see what the, what the comment section is. We're going to read about Will Smith right now. <laughs> what the heck? We're reading about Surah Quraysh. Every, wait, didn't this happen yesterday? So why is it like news? It's news now, I guess, right? All right, we're going to see this. He hits him on the telecast. Wow, that's insane. Okay, we're talking about the Book of Allah here. Let's get back to the Book of Allah. After that, we're going to see what the heck went on between these two people. Because these are like my generation's comedians, right? 1995 96 that's when they're both coming up big anyway so the uh nubuwa the light of nubuwa cannot be defeated you cannot outsmart the light of nubuwa sheikh saeed ramadan Nubuti's entire book the one of the biggest themes of the book do not say muhammad is a smart man do you just don't attribute it to just genetics like he's a smart man right no it's nubuwa Yes, he is the most brilliant. Why? Because of his nubuwa. That's the difference. Nubuwa, you could never be. A smart man, you could be smart. I could be smart. Someone else could be smart. His smart, his intelligence is limited to his time and space. His intelligence could be something you refine. You can get smart. You can be someone who's... I, I don't put too much into genetics, believe it or not. In terms of 
knowledge, thought patterns. If you study logic, you can appear very intelligent, but you actually studied logic, right? So you could learn these things. So, so he makes a big point. Stop saying smartest man. No, it's this is the light of Nubuwa. The light of Nubuwa and is not separated from him. Okay. It's not like saying he has one characteristic, but prophethood made him something else. It's not separated. It's one and the same. Hey, right, uh, uh, Oz, can you see what's going on with the Instagram on my phone? Some weird, uh, never seen a message like that. I think it's, uh, it's emergency alert of like uh, am Amber alert or something. Okay. Snow. All right. So uh, it's the light of Nubuwa in which the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam completely Without realizing it, he put Abu Sufyan and Quraysh in the middle of the chessboard and he trapped him. It would only take 18 months, maybe less, for Abu Sufyan to come running back and say, cancel. Okay, snow squall. Do you think it's real, you guys? How? Like, it's not snowing at all. Right now. <laughs> I mean, they they really, really like. Um, they don't want that. Overestimate be... a lot of time these things. To be honest with you. Okay. And yeah. that will be... <laughs> Okay, so let's now uh, get back to this. See how the first thing that happened was that a companion of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He he became Muslim in Mecca, and at, and he came to Medina. As per the deal, he's got to go back. So two Meccans come and they pick him up. And they take him back. On the way back, all right, after they, they left and the Prophet said, did we have a deal? So go back with them. Some while later, one of the captors, one of the people who was taking him back, like, comes running back into the mess of the Prophet like his face is white. And the Prophet said, said what happened? He said, Abu Basir, this man, his Sahabi, his name is Abu Basir, uh, he killed the other guy. Okay? The Sahaba is going to start laughing, right? This guy's white in the face. And then Abu Basir comes with blood dripping from his sword, right? <laughs> but he still has his cuffs on, right? His ropes around his arms. So they said, what happened? He said, Abu Basir, was they were just talking, it was very quiet. Then they start talking about swords, things like that the men like at that time, right? They said the handle of that sword, that's a really nice handle, right? He said, but doesn't it sweat? Don't you like talk, just talking, any talk, right? And he said, Can I touch it? Can I feel it? The guy's like, not a trained bailiff or anything, right? So he says, Yeah, you could touch it, feel it. As soon as he got hand of the sword, he yanks it and cuts the guy's head off. And then the other guy ran, then it will see it made him his way back. So the other bailiff was like, forget that, I'm not doing this, right? So he ran. Then the Prophet Sallam, he said, Abu Basir, uh, and he said he made a suggestion, paraphrasing, okay? Because last time I paraphrased a hadith without saying that I'm paraphrasing, people flipped out. Some people flipped out. But paraphrasing that he would make an excellent leader. Okay. So the, Abu Basir is a new Muslim. The Sahaba said, when the messenger makes a suggestion like that, he's basically saying that's what he wants you to do. So he goes out, and Abu Basir finds a patch of land. He sets up his camp. Now, this is a, one of those types of Sahaba that nobody messes with. He finds a patch of land outside of Mecca. Now, how's he? How are they going to eat? 
they're going to raid the Meccans. The contract does not apply. He basically drew a circle in the sand and said, this is a new city. Has nothing to do with the Sulh of Hudaybiyah. Hudaybiyah is the area of land, right? That they, The Sulh means the pact, and Hudaybiyah is the area of land. It has nothing to do with the contract. So then another, every time now a Meccan becomes a Muslim, they know now we don't go to Medina anymore. We go to this area, Abu Basir's, the, em, uh, uh, the Emirate, the Imara, the Sultanate of Abu Basir. Okay, And then Abu Sufyan and the Meccans, they they filed complaint. And the Prophet said, the deal is between Medina and you, not all Muslims. I don't rule all Muslims. Of course, the Prophet spiritually rules all Muslims, right? And his command is obeyed. But in the secular plane of things, he is the ruler of Medina. His authority is upon the city of Medina. And then he goes, and uh, uh, Abu Basir now starts to make a camp to the point that he they have numbers now, and they start raiding Quraysh. And that's where Abu Sufyan says, cancel this thing, take Abu Basir back, take him back with you. So you see how the Prophet said him. So it, it, they, he himself wanted to undo this. All he wanted, all he wanted, Abu Sufyan now, is the 10 years of peace. Give it time, and one of the allied tribes of Quraysh killed one of the allied tribes of the Muslims. The tribes that live around Medina and Mecca, they're also part of the deal. So one of them kills one of the Muslims' allies. And that's it. He broke the deal. Okay? In front of everybody. Now look at the moral situation. We wanted peace. Prophet Sallam offered peace. Now in that year, they made the Umrah. In that year also, the Muslims were able to, 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 to go now and visit their family. And bring Islam to them. You see, the biggest thing is Islam is about is not a national identity. It's not a national thing. It transcends all these borders that that we create in our mind: racial borders, ethnic borders, tribal borders, you know, na national borders. It transcends all that, and that's a big problem if you're a nation state that has an issue with Islam, like France. All right, fight us, call us names, whatever you want, until your own white French kids, Pierre and Jean Luc, and all these become Muslim. Right? Jean-Luc Abdus-Samad. Okay? What are you going to do with that now? Right? It's like a problem. What are you going to do with that? Same with the middle country of America, right? Uh, the middle part of America. Flyover country, as they call it. As soon as these guys start becoming Muslim, and they are. They are. There's a lot of people. Former military, whatever you want to call it. Supposed to be Trump supporters. Okay? No Muslim should ever support Trump. Because of Zalim. Even if, like, I quoted him once, we don't support a fasiq, okay, it, who's a Muslim open sinner, let alone someone like this, just because we happen to agree on some things on the gender thing, and I quoted that, but, like, but that doesn't mean we support him, right? You quote someone doesn't mean you support them. But we don't support any of these people. But their own people, some, they're entering Islam. And there's a whole movement of these guys that it's very quiet, but I see them every once in a while, something like that pops up where one of these people in the middle of Baptist land, evangelical countries, and they they're going to be the toughest Muslims, I guarantee you, because they're evangel the evangelicals are, oh my gosh. You see these people, they hate Muslims more than anything else. But I don't know what they're going to do because when their own skin and blood becomes Muslim, right? I don't know what they're going to do. So they can hate on me and Oz all the time. Okay. But what are they going to do with their own skin and blood, right? You should go on a tour. You should go on a Dawa tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're good. Ryan's like, we should go on a Dawa tour. Take yourself. Take uh, 
Maliki Click, take Adi. Uh, Wallahi, do it. All right. You and Adi go out down there. Okay. Revival of man. Take Thomas. Thomas, too. Bro, oh, we, yeah. I'm telling you, we got him here. We got him here. They're already there. All right. And do a Dawits or confuse everybody. Go to the uh go to one of these uh I don't know where you're gonna see people. You're gonna see them at the Trump rallies. That's where they're all at, right? Go and put a booth. Okay. Put a booth. Make a Dawah booth. I want to go to Farrakhan. Farrakhan? Yeah, like maybe I can't get to him, but like maybe someone else we know. Louis like. Farrakhan? Louis Farrakhan, yeah. Yeah. Because he, he has like 60, 50, 100,000 followers. He has a radio station too, right? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> he's 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 stood the test of time, but he's, he, he's got some, What I don't even know what he's about, Louis Farrakhan. But you guys got to go to a Trump rally. Don't say Muslims for Trump or some stupid thing like that. We're not Muslims for Trump. Put what is Islam, right? We're Muslim. And they'll be so confused. You got to start somewhere. Like, it's like, okay, that's tacky or whatever. Where are you going to start? People always want the end result. I don't care. I don't look for the end. I know things are going to change before we get to the end result. I don't know what the end result looks like. But I know we have to start somehow, right? So Thomas, uh, Thomas Harrigan. We need Ali too. Ryan, Ali who? Oh, he has to be there. Yeah. With revival of man, with the bow and arrow, right? Yeah. And with his guns, right? Open carry. What is it in Texas? Who knows what the law is, right? <laughs> All these states, we need them there, right? And get some Muslim sisters. So go there because and see what happens. I'm serious. I'm not even joking. Well, I'm not joking. And this is not, we're not going to support. We're going to give them dawah to, 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 to show them what Islam is. How are we going to start? It's got to start somehow. And they got to just see that you're Muslims, right? And then have the arguments, have the fights. I don't know if they're going to fight you guys. No, someone just white. said, someone just, I mean, yeah, it's facts. Yeah. Like there's just this one uh, teacher in San Diego who got stabbed. You saw about this? The, the sheikh? Yeah. yeah. I saw that. SubhanAllah. Yeah, forget us people who given dawah to them, right? It's you guys. You got to give them dawah, right? And see what happens. At the very least, they might start saying, oh, wait a second. Muslims can be non-brown? They're probably going to be surprised by that. They're going to be total. You have to put it on your T-shirt. We're Muslims, right? Something like, it's tacky and corny, but how you got to start somewhere. We'll lie. I'll sponsor it. I'll sponsor it. Uh, uh, you'll find where the rallies are and do two, three, four rallies in a week, wherever the rallies are. Because it's not for the rallies. It's where you're going to find people. That's where all the people are going to be at. And you slowly start influencing. Then we start opening chapters, right? The Mississippi chapter, right? <laughs> the the uh, Gainesville, Florida. That's where all his rallies are at, right? All these chapters. Give him the dawah. All right. So, so that's what happens where Abu Sufyan, he miscalculates what Islam is. And he thinks it's a, it's a, it's a city. It's not a city. It transcends the city. And then, of course, he breaks the contract and khalas. Once he breaks the contract, that's the end of it. All right. فَإِلَّمَا صَالَحَ قُرَيْشٌ عَمَلَ الْحُدَيْبِيَ وَاسْتَرَحُوا عَلَى وَضْعِ الْحَرْبِ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ عَشْرَ سِنِينَ No, no war for ten years. وَيَأْمَنْ فِيهِنَّ النَّاسُ وَيَكْفِ بَعْضُهُمْ عَنْ بَعْضُ This is, it was great, it's a great message to the rest of the Arabs. The Muslims are not here to fight. Okay, the Muslims are here for another reason. Okay, so it was a good thing. Of course, if they have to fight, they'll fight, but they're willing to make peace. They're not coming like being a negative force. Okay. 
So the two tribes were, this is good to know your seerah. Banu Bakr, they sided with Quraysh. It's a tribe. Okay. And Khuza'ah, a tribe. They entered with the Messenger. But they had an old feud. The Bani Bakr attacked Khuza'ah. About some water. In the south of Mecca, يقال له الوتير. فخرج نوفل ابن معاوية الدؤلي في بني الدؤل من بني بكر حتى بيت خزاعة فأصابوا منهم رجلا وتحاربوا وقتلوا. So the, the Bani Bakr killed people from the Khuza'a. Right? Bayyatu means they spent the night in watch, in waiting, like a stakeout. And the morning hit, boom, killed one of them. ورفضت قريش بني بكر بالسلاح وقاتل معهم من قريش من قاتل مستخفيا بالليل. قريشي was involved, right? To add to it. حتى جازوا خزاعة إلى الحرم. خزاعة had to flee to Mecca to the Haram for for safety because the Haram of Mecca was an area where you can't. Um, but, uh, they respected that. وكان ممن أعان بني بكر من قريش على خزاعة ليلة إذن بأنفسهم متنكرين صفوان بن أمية the famous صفوان بن أمية وعكرم بن أبي جهل and they helped the Bani Bakr kill the خزاعة people from the خزاعة وسهيل بن عمر مع عبيدهم فلما انتهوا إلى الحرم قالت بن بكر يا نوفل إن دخلنا الحرم إلهك إلهك فقال كلمة عظيمة إنه لا إله لي اليوم أصيب أصيب ثأركم فيه فلما تظاهرت قريش على خزاعة وأصابوا منهم ونقضوا ما بينهم وبين رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من العهد بما استحلوا من خزاعة وكانوا في عقد عقده خرج عمرو بن سالم الخزاعي حتى قدم على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عمرو بن سالم came to the messenger in Medina, and that's what started the conquest of Mecca, because he came in and he said, they're killing us, and we have a deal. Okay. They didn't even respect the sanctity of the haram. They said, here, we're in the sanctity of the haram. They said, no, we have no God today. That's what they said, because he basically said, this is the sanctity. He said, no sanctity today. We'll fight you even in the haram. Okay. فوقف عليه وهو في المسجد جالس بين ظهراني الناس فقال لا هم إني ناشد محمدا حلف أبينا وأبيه أن قريشا أخلفوك الموعد ونقضوا ميثاقك المؤكدة and he, he basically announced they, they broke the treaty فقال صلى الله عليه وسلم قد نصرت يا عمر بن سالم you have been given victory. In other words, you have been given help. We're going to help you, in other words. And when you put something in the past tense, that means it's done with. That's why in the Maliki Madhab, marriage contract is in the past tense. I, I have married you. Okay? I have accepted the marriage. Okay? That's that's the wording of what it is. In the Hanafi, it doesn't have to be. Okay? But in the Maliki Madhab, when you give a marriage, sira, put in the past tense. Okay. ثم عرض عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عنانا من السماء 
فقال إن هذه السحابة لتستهل بنصر بني كعب. Okay. Then the Prophet ﷺ, he saw a, a, um, a cloud in the sky and he said this and this cloud is تستهل signs of the beginning of our help okay, for Bani Kaab. وَهُمْ رَهْتُ عَمْرِ بْنِ سَالِمْ And that's the branch of Amr ibn Salim. ثُمَّ or the yeah. ثُمَّ خَرَجَ بِدَيْلِ بِنِ وَرَقَاءَ فِي نَفَرٍ مِّنْ خُزَاءَ حَتَّى قَدِمُوا عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَأَخْبَرُوهُ بِمَا أُصِيبَ مِنْهُمْ وَبِظَاهِرَةِ قُرَيْشِ بَيْنَ بَنِي بَكْرٍ عَلَيْهِمْ ثُمَّ انْصَرَفُوا رَاجِعِينَ إِلَى مَكَّةٍ Okay, and they said everything that the Quraysh are helping them, blah, blah, blah. Quraysh is uh, they're involved and so and so and so and so. وقد كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال للناس كأنكم بأبي سفيان قد جاء ليشد العقد ويزيد في المدة. Then Abu Sufyan came seeking what he is seeking. Okay. Quraysh sent him to the messenger to 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 confirm the عقد and to increase its time. وقد رهبوا الذي صنعوا and they were afraid of what they did فلما لقي أبو سفيان بديلا so Abu Sufyan he met the Prophet at a place called Dayl قال من أين أقبلت بدي يا يا no sorry 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 okay no this is a person من أين أقبلت يا بديل وظن أنه قد أتى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صرت إلى خزاعة سرت إلى خزاعة في هذا الساحل وفي بطن هذا الوادي قال وما أتيت محمدا قال لا فلما راح بديل بديل إلى مكة قال أبو سفيان لإن كان جاء المدينة لقد علف علف ناقته بها النوى فعمد إلى مبر okay so in in this is details of the story that he ends up Abu Sufyan coming back to the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم and he comes back to Umm Habiba, who is his daughter. Okay. And he went to sit down. And then he sat down on the pillow of the Prophet. She pulls it out from him. Okay. She pulls it out. This is the, the, the pillow of the Messenger of Allah. And you're a man who's a mushrik, najis. Okay. You're not sitting on it. I don't want a mushrik, a pagan, sitting on the couch or the pillow of the Messenger of Allah. Okay. Then he went out to the Messenger. He talked to the Messenger in the mosque or wherever he talked to, it doesn't say. And then, but I remember having read it, it was in the mosque. The Prophet didn't even answer him, he did not speak to him. Uh, he's going and talk to the Prophet. Go talk to the Prophet uh, Abu Bakr. Go talk to the Messenger. Okay. He says, Did you talk to him? He said, Yes. Did he say anything? He said, No. Then what am I going to say? Right? I'm not going to say anything. Then he went to Umar ibn Khattab. Okay. I'm not going to be an intercessor for you to the Messenger. For Wallahi, Lolam Ajid illa. الدر لجاهدتكم به ثم خرج فدخل على علي بن أبي طالب يوانت سيدنا علي وعنده فاطمة بنت رسول الله وعندها الحسن بن علي عنهما غلام يدب بين يديها فقال يا علي he said oh علي 
You're close to me. We have relations. In other words, our lineage connects somewhere. Okay. And I have a need. Look at how he's like begging. The, the light of Nubuwa has trapped Abu Sufyan so badly. He's so checkmated now. He is begging. Now, when you're in a good position, you send your diplomats. You don't go yourself. When the king is going himself from house to house, place to place to place, okay? Now he's on Sayyidina Ali, and he's like, don't let me go without anything. Like, I'm literally begging. He said, I don't have a, I don't have any good news. Okay. The messenger, when he makes something of a decision, you can't change it. Us? Subhanallah. That's that points to the Khilafah because Abu Sufyan, he goes, he he in his own mind, he's gonna go to the most the strongest opinion, to the next strongest opinion, to the next person who has standing. All right, it does point to the khilaf. So Abu Sufyan, no, Fatima's in the house. He turns to Fatima. Ya binta Muhammadin. Remember, Isman Nida Mansub if it's Mudaf Mudaf Ilay. Oh binta Muhammadin. Halaki and Ta'muri. So he answered him, he said, No, we're not we're not gonna do this, and nobody is going to stop the messenger when he makes a decision. Okay. He's telling Sayyidina Ali, this is, thing is getting, the, it's like a vice grip. It's really tight now. Give me advice. I don't see anything. There's no way out for you. Remember, Abu Sufyan is not a Muslim. Now, if this is a Muslim, you would have answered him. You would have tried, right? You're also the chief of Bani Kinana, so go to them. Then go back to your land. All right. And do you think that that's going to help me? He said, go to Kinana, go to these people, go back home, solidify yourself. And he says, and do you think this is going to help me anything? He said, no. He said, no, it's not going to help you, but I can't find anything else for you to do. Right? Go get these other allies that you have. فقام أبو سفيان في المسجد. Abu Sufyan went into the masjid. Now, now you know the Maliki Madhab of Mushrik, a kafir is not allowed to enter the mosque. But so I asked one of the shiuch, I said, but we have them, Abu Sufyan's coming to the mosque, all these people come to the mosque. So is it Mansukh? Is it later on that this rule came down? He said, no, because the masjid at that time was solely, was a place of everything. It was a place of gathering. It was a place of everything. So that's why. That's the ruling on that. فقام أبو سفيان في المسجد فقال يا أيها الناس أو people إني قد أجرت بين الناس ثم ركب بعيره فانطلق فلما قدم على قريش then he gets on when he gets to Quraysh قالوا ما وراءك what's behind you meaning what's the news what's what's the 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 expression what's behind you means what's the news قال جئت محمدا فكلمته والله ما رد علي شيئا 
I went to Muhammad. He did not answer me with a thing, with anything. Then I came to the son of Abu Quhafa. Abu Quhafa is Abu Bakr's dad. So Ibn Abi Quhafa is Abu Bakr. And I didn't find any good with him. But then I came to Ibn Khattab. And I found him. He's Ibn Khattab. Well, Sayyidina Omar, I didn't translate this, but he said, uh, you're coming to me to intercede with you. I'm looking forward to fight you. <laughs> right? So he said, I went to Ibn Khattab and I found more animosity. Okay. He's the most, anim uh, he has more animosity than anybody else. Then I went to Abu Ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib. I found him the most lenient of all of them. Right? He was the most lenient of all of them. And he advised me to do something, which I did, which is go to your other tribes for help. But I don't know if this is going to help us or not. They said, what is, what is your command to us? What are you telling to us to do? You're the leader. Oh, oh, and what did he command you to do? He said, Ujir means seek help. He asked me, he told me to seek help between the people. And I did. Okay. Did Muhammad allow this? He said no. They said, uh, uh, I think what he's saying here is, Ali was just toying with you when he said, go get the help from so-and-so, go get help from so-and-so then there's nothing going to help, all right? You reach a point that Ali ibn Abi Talib, he's toying with you here. Get ready. He commanded everyone, get ready. Sharpen your swords. Feed your horses. Put your saddles up on the horses. Get your armor ready. And he commanded his family, get everything ready. He entered in and said, Aisha was preparing the military equipment for the Prophet and his jihaz, meaning what he's going to need. Did, your, did the Prophet command you to prepare him for this journey? Yes. So get ready. Now the prophet doesn't say. He's just getting ready. The military commander doesn't say his secrets, right? Where do you think he's going? She says, I don't know. Then he announced, we're going to Mecca. To get ready and get strong. The Prophet ﷺ, he sent out scouts. Go get the news about Quraysh, what's going on. Then there's the incident in Surat Al-Mumtahina where Hatib ibn Abi Balta'a, he actually sends a letter to Quraysh because he was a poor man and he wanted some favor Enough with the snow squall. It's good to harness. It's good to harness. 
I'm, okay, lower the volume. It's already low. Oh, you know these these national they override your volume. Okay. So Hatib ibn Abi Berta, he's a poor Muslim, and he has a family in Mecca that are also poor. And he's a Arif Billah. He knows that this is it. The conquest is going to happen either way. He knows that. He knows the signs of Allah's actions. And then so he writes a letter. He says, go to Abu Sufyan and tell them Muhammad's coming, right? Now, that's, you're not allowed to do that, right? But he did it knowing that at least they'll get some favor. And he knows that affair of Allah is going to happen, it's going to happen, right? Of course, that's another discussion to have, but he ends up being forgiven by the Prophet and he assigned somebody to rule over Medina in his absence. Okay, that man, his name was Abu Rahm, if I'm pronouncing Rahm correctly. I don't know, but it's on it. It was the eighth year of the Hijrah. Ten days had passed of Ramadan. So the 11th of Ramadan. Okay, He went out for the conquest of Mecca. Fasama Rasulullah was summoned the prophet was fasting and the people were fasting now he's going to go on eventually that the prophet told them to to break their fast and they refused because they they, they were imitating the action of the prophet not his command okay maybe that's something that the hanafis you know that they say that when the rawi narrates something but his action is different action outweighs command so until the prophet stood up in a high spot and he drank in front of everyone then they all drank then they all broke their fast. That's where he, what he's going to talk about now. So we're going to continue on. Um, and this is a long. Should we continue the whole? Okay, good, good. Let's continue. All right. Okay, the Prophet fasted. Ten thousand Muslims. There were ten thousand Muslims at that time. None of them missed this. This is it. This is what they're waiting for, right? Three men, Hakim ibn Hizam, Abu Sufyan, and Budayl ibn Warqa. They all came out to see what the Prophet was doing. وَقَدْ قَالَ الْعَبَّاسِ لَيْلَةِ إِذِنْ وَأَصْبَاحَ قُرَيْشِ قُرَيْشِ Al-Abbas said, وَصَبَاحَ قُرَيْشِ Woe to the morning that is coming to Quraysh. That's what it means. وَصَبَاحَ قُرَيْشِ وَاللَّهِ لَإِنْ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ فِي بِلَادِهَا فَدَخَلَ مَكَّةَ عَنْوَةً إِنَّهَا لَهَلَاكَ قُرَيْشٍ إِلَى آخِرِ الدَّهْرِ so he says, if the messenger enters in, that is the end of Quraysh forever, for eternity, for eternity. So 
ال اراك لعلي ارى حطابا او صاحب لبن او داخلا يدخل مكه بمكان قال العباس عباس says that he went out on the animal of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam And there, فَسَمِعَتُ أَبُوْ سُفْيَانِ يَقُولُ And I heard Abu Sufyan. There he met Abu Sufyan. وَاللَّهِ مَا رَأَيْتُ كَالَّيْلَةِ قَطُّ نِيرَانًا And Abu Sufyan said, I have not seen ever, I've never seen a night sky with so many little fires being lit. In other words, the Sahaba, they spread out horizontally. Okay? And they lit more fires than they actually need. So that Abu Sufyan could look out at the horizon and see the troops. So most of war is optical illusions, right? And so he, they lit fires horizontally. And so the Abu Hurairah said, uh, Abu Sufyan said, he's never seen this. And Budayl says, "Hadi wallahi niran khuzaa." All right, this is khuzaa. The the people that we offended to and killed from, they're with them. فقال أبا سفيان خزاع الأم من ذلك الأم من ذلك وأذل فعرفت صوته فقلت يا أبا حنظلة فعرف صوتي فقال يا أبو الفضل Now then they recognize each other ما لك فداك أبي وأمي قلت ويحك يا أبا سفيان So العباس and أبو سفيان are now talking He says ويحك يا أبا سفيان Woe to you أبو سفيان this is they're saying this is Khuza'a, right? And Abu Sufyan says it's not Khuza'a, they're they're adhal, they're they're weak people, they're not bright enough to do this, right? And Al Abbas hears Abu Sufyan's voice, and then they speak to each other. He said, This is the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Okay, this the messenger and all the Muslims, yes. Was he in Mecca or was he in Medina? He's in Mecca at the time. So, but was he secretly Muslim or? Secretly Muslim at the time. And then he publicly becomes Muslim later. So Al Abbas is there. And he says, What is this? He says, This is 10,000 Muslims led by the Messenger of Allah. He says, What do I do? Malhila. What do we do? He said, Wallahi, if they catch you, you're going to be beheaded. You're going to get killed. Okay. فركب في عجز هذه البغلة حتى فركب في عجز حتى أتى بك آتي بك. So get on the back of this little فركب في عجز هذه البغلة. Get on the back of this donkey or mule بغلة حتى آتي بك رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فاستأمنوا. Get on the back of this. Let's go to the messenger, ask for safety. Okay, like what else is there to do? All right, so he came. And every time uh, the people would, I would pass one of the groups of the Muslims, they would look at me and they would say, This is the uncle of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, until the Omar ibn Khattab. Till I came to Omar ibn Khattab. فَقَالَ مَنْ هَذَا قَالَ Okay. وَقَالَ إِلَيَّ 
فلما رأى أبا سفيان على عجز الدابة قال أبو سفيان عدو الله right so he said what who's this and then Al Abbas said let it go okay he says he looked closely because it's dark right he looks closely Abu Sufyan see the Abu Sufyan wouldn't he's he's the enemy right if he's traveling through the Muslim army they're not they're going to kill him so every time that they see him they see it's it's Abbas so they say it's the uncle of the messenger of Allah let him go let him pass through it's almost like going through a military lines let him go let him go let him go and then he goes to he sees Umar ibn Khattab and he sees who's this and he says uh, uh he knows Abbas of course and he knows Abu Sufyan he says the enemy of Allah okay adu Allah alhamdulillah alladhi amkana minka bi ghayri ahdin wala aqd alhamdulillah now we're in control is that some essentially he said we are now in control of you now okay thumma ashtadda nahwa rasulillah okay farakattu albaghla then Omar said, oh, no, this is not passing. I'm going with you, right, to the Messenger of Allah. So Omar went, and now Abbas is trying to go quicker to reach the tent of the Messenger first. And Omar goes. So Omar beats him to it. Ya Rasulullah. Here is the enemy of Allah. We got him. We have no contract with him. There's no oath with him. He says, leave me, O Messenger of Allah. Allow me, permit him to strike his neck. Okay. Okay. Al-Abbas says, O Messenger of Allah, I gave him safety. Uh, okay. And and he said that uh, he said that I sat in front of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and said no one will is I am saying assuming he's saying here no one will protect him this night except me. Uh, and I best realized everyone wants him dead, this man dead, right? <laughs> no one's gonna protect him except me. Omar, Omar kept going. Okay. Omar. I said, he said, I said, calm down, Omar. Omar kept going. This is it. After all these years, we got, we got him right here. Okay. Now, see, sometimes we go for the immediate, but the Prophet is looking for the long term. Okay. So he said, Omar. Calm down, Omar. He's a man from Bani Manaf. Abdi Manaf. Ibn Ka'ab, ma qultu hadha. Also, he's also from the rival tribe of yours, rival clan. That's why you're going on about him. Not just Islam, but also he's a rival clan. But if he was from Bani Adi, you would be calm with him. And Al-Abbas, uh, Omar says, Abbas, you calm it down now. For wallahi, la islamuka yawma aslamtu kana ahab ilayya min islam al-Khattab himself. He said, Abbas, calm down with that talk about rival clans. When you became Muslim, which was not too long ago, I was more happy that the uncle of the Prophet became Muslim than my, if my own dad had become Muslim. So don't ever think that because we have a rivalry with Beni, Abu Sufyan's clan, that that's anything involved. It's not involved at all in this, right? Has no, None of this tribalism and nationalism or whatever has anything to do with this. This is about Islam. And I'm more happy for the messenger's uncle than my own father to become Muslim. Ryan, you have something to say? Okay. Now the Prophet spoke. 
اذهب به يا عباس الى رحلك فاذا اصبحت فاتني به عباس go to take him no talking there's not going to be a meeting tonight it's the middle of the night you're coming to beg for a meeting there's no meeting tonight go into your tent in the morning you bring him okay i went to my my encampment and he slept there first thing in the morning look at the prophet go take the, those nerves and sleep with them now right he's gonna have a sleepless night right this is it this is your entire city is done with and the prophet can go to sleep right uh bring him in the morning we're not talking now because if the prophet had the meeting then who, who dictated abu sufyan dictated the meeting time you can't dictate the meeting time you're not dictating the meeting time go sleep have a restless sleepless night we'll meet on my terms which is tomorrow morning okay فلما اصبح غدوت به الى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما راه قال ويحك يا ابو سفيان when we arrived the next morning to the messenger peace be upon him said ويحك يا ابو سفيان ويحك is woe to you but not in a completely deadly way right there's some hope in that word it's blame but there's hope to it الم يأني لك ان تعلم ان لا اله الا الله look at where the where is the attention of the messenger it's not about conquest. It's not about. It's about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. He says, "Isn't it time for you to know that there is one God?" He said, "By my mother and father, I, there is nobody more patient, more generous, more kind." Meaning that, assuming that this is going to be like take the opportunity and, and, and kill your enemy, yet he's still giving him da'wah. Okay? He said, by Allah, if, there were, if, I built, if I had ever thought that there was another God besides Allah, he would have helped me. Now, this is the moment where I know that there's no God but Allah. Because I had no help here. Right? I have no help. So Abu Sufyan admits there's no other God. If there was another God, he would have helped me. I know for sure now there's no other God uh, as a demonstration. Okay. He says, oh, Abu Sufyan, is it not time for you to admit that I am a messenger of Allah? By my mother and your father, I've never seen anyone more kind more patient more merciful or more uh, halim slow to anger more generous more better in lineage kinship bonds as for that claim this claim he's being honest actually see why is abu sufyan guided at the end of the day he's honest he never made fun of the messenger and he's not a liar he says as for this thing this rasulullah element this it's still in my nefs. My ego still has something towards that. There's still something towards that. That my my ego is still not accepting that. It's an honest answer. Okay, it doesn't mean it's right, but it's an honest answer. I said, "Woe to you, Aslim! Just enter Islam and admit that uh, there's no God but Allah and that Muhammad is His messenger." Before your neck gets hit. So he said, "Okay." 
So he said it. فَشَهِدَ شَهَادَةَ الْحَقِّ وَأَسْلَمُ And he entered Islam. قَالَ الْعَبَّاسِ قُلْتِ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ Abbas says, O Messenger of Allah, إِنَّ أَبَا سُفْيَانَ رَجُلٌ يُحِبُّ الْفَخْرِ فَاجْعَلْ لَهُ شَيْئًا This is an elite man. O Messenger of Allah, this is an elite man. Give him something. Make him like elite. Give him something. يُحِبُّ الْفَخْرِ قَالَ نَعَمْ He says, yes. The Messenger agreed. What is this? This is called softening the hearts of the new Muslim. Right, you're not going to come in Islam and just be something else. You're still you, right? So they still need something for himself. He says yes. قال نعم من دخل من دخل دار أبي سفيان فهو آمن. Whoever enter, he announced. This is a policy announcement now. Whoever enters the house of Abu Sufyan is safe. ومن أغلق عليه بابه فهو آمن. Whoever stays home is safe. وَمَنْ دَخَلَ الْمَسْجِدْ فَهُوَ آمَنْ Whoever enters the mosque is safe. Because obviously, right, the house of Abu Sufyan is not going to be big enough. فَلَمَّا ذَهَبَ لِيَنْصَرِفَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ سَلَمْ يَا عَبَّاسِ احْبِسْهُ بِمَضِيقِ الْوَادِي عِنْدَ خِطَمِ الْجَبَلِ or خَطْمِ الْجَبَلِ حَتَّى تَمُرُّ بِهِ جُنُودَ اللَّهِ فَيَرَاهَا He says, okay, meeting is over. Abbas, go take him. Now this is the morning of Al-Fatih, the morning that they're entering in. Go take him to the smallest uh, peak, the smallest area between the mountains. Let him sit there. And I want him to see all the troops. And he's the Prophet's going to send, had four groups, four companies, one on each cardinal point of Mecca. So the Prophet is the biggest. They're all going to go in from that small madiq, a narrow passage, so that Abu Sufyan could see the army. So no second thoughts. Look at this army. Look at the size of this army. Okay. So then he, he does this. وسلم, I did that and I put him exactly where and every tribe would come with its flag. Every time an, a, a, a tribe comes, Abu Sufyan says, who are those? Like we knew that, we knew some Muslims. We don't know everybody. Who are all these allies of yours? Right? And Abbas would say, this is so-and-so. This is so-and-so. And he says, what's, and Abu Sufyan said, what's my business with Sulaim? I don't have any war with them. Okay. Another tribe comes. I said, who are they? He said, another, he would say another name. And he said, we don't have any, any issues with them. Right? He said, well, they're allies of the messenger. Peace be upon them. They're going to fight for the messenger. All right? Bani Fulan, Ibn Fulan, Ibn Fulan, so-and-so tribe, so-and-so, until the messenger himself came, Fil Khadra'i Katibatu Rasulillah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the company of the messenger, وسلم, or the battalion, and in it has the Muhajireen and the Ansar. Those are the enemies he knows, right? La yara minhum illa al-hadiq min al-hadid. Qala subhanallahi man ha'ula'i Abbas. Who are these people? Oh, Abbas. Hadha Rasulullah. This is the Messenger of Allah with the Muhajireen and the Ansar. فَقَالَ وَاللَّهِ مَا لِأَحَدٍ مِنْ قِبَلٍ وَلَا طَاقَةٍ No one can defeat this army. No Arab group can defeat this army. That means the Messenger has amassed an army bigger than any other group. Right. وَاللَّهِ يَا أَبَا الْفَضْلِ لَقَدْ أَصْبَحَ مُلْكُ إِبْنِ أَخِيكَ Okay, عَظِيمًا And he said, وَاللَّهِ the monarchy of your nephew has become huge. 
and Al Abbas says, Wayhak, it is Nubuwa, right? Woe to you, still haven't gotten it. This is Nubuwa. This is not politics. This is not Muhammad just himself doing something for himself. This is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aided by the Nubuwa of Allah. Okay. Qala Naam Idan Fakultu al Haq al An al Hik al An Bikaumika Fahdarhum. He says, now go. Now that all the troops have come, now run to your people, tell them the policy, the announcement. Whoever uh, is in my house is safe. Whoever is in their own house is safe. Whoever is in the haram, uh, al-Sharif, is safe. Then he went quickly until he got to Mecca. Then he yelled in the mosque, Muhammad is coming. There's no way you're going to face him. They said, so then what? Whoever enters my house, the house of Abu Sufyan is safe. Okay. They said, your house is too small. He says, whoever comes to the masjid is safe. Okay. And whoever stays in his own home and locks the door is safe. Okay. Then most people, they went to their own home or they stayed in the mosque. That's why when the Prophet went there, everyone was there and he made that speech. Then the Hakim ibn Hizam and Budayl ibn Warqa came to Rasulullah right, where they were at Al-Zahran. They became Muslim and they gave him the bay'ah. They entered his side. All right. So said, sent them back to Quraysh and tell people to enter Islam. Then Quraysh so he sent Zubair to, to prepare his encampment where the, he gave Zubair his flag go and prepare my encampment where I'm going to establish camp in Mecca should we keep going? Or should we stop here for now? Um, we're we're on an hour three minutes. Okay, story's yeah. good though. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we want to finish it tomorrow because he keeps going. We can finish it tomorrow because that's yeah. where the prophet is entering, right? The prophet's entering here, and inshallah, we can pick this up tomorrow, uh, on the Fatih of Mecca. And uh, Khalid, because Khalid ibn Walid, we get into Khalid ibn Walid. So the Prophet enters Mecca. This is a good stopping point for today. And then we will get, I didn't expect to go this long, actually, but the, it was so gripping. And that's how these Islamic texts are. Once you pick up, you can't stop. The whole of Islamic scholarship, once you set foot in it, you can't stop. You just keep going. So it continues on, and we'll read that the whole thing, inshallah, or as much as we can tomorrow. And with that, we were we are going to stop. We're gonna we're gonna turn right now to our guest, and we can let's put the camera to our guest, Muhammad. Uh, for those of you who are just joining, all right, and who uh, 
let's hear what uh, ACC is all about. Guys, if you want to look, what's the website? ACCeducate.org. ACCeducate.org. Dot org. Why not education? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't write it. Is educate with a C or with a K? No, it's just the word educate. Okay, just make yeah. sure. <laughs> ACC educate. I mean, someone was watching uh, uh, Borat or something like that. Right? Uh, you guys know about that that guy? Okay, that's he used to talk like that. His verbs where the nouns should be and stuff. But acceducate.com or dot org. Dot org. Okay, acceducate.org. Let me put it in here for everyone to learn. That's for anybody who wants to apply. Educate.org. Okay. Keep going. So so do you want me to give a spiel on what yes, we are? Yes, please do. do. Give your spiel. Okay. Uh, if I go on long, they'll just call me on. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. So uh, basically, ACC is uh, the acronym for A Continuous Charity. It exists nationally. Uh, and it's an organization that is a 501c3 registered nonprofit. And we provide interest-free loans to Muslim students or Muslim grads who want to refinance a loan that they took out in the past with riba and they want to get rid, get rid of the riba mm. of the interest. There's no strings attached. It's 100% interest-free. Uh, there's no profiting scheme. Uh, it's a completely legit nonprofit. And alhamdulillah, it's a national organization with chapters in different states. In New Jersey, we just opened the chapter. We're going on our third year now in New Jersey, so about three years with the New Jersey chapter. But nationally, we've loaned about 3.4 million to date. Whoa, mashallah. Yeah, That's about. wonderful. In that New, Jer really New Jersey, in, in two and a half years now, New Jersey, we have about uh, 60 to $80,000 in circulation, alhamdulillah, among New Jersey applicants. Um, but in a nutshell, the, the model is this we raise funds through community fundraising, uh, investments, and sponsors. We use those funds to give loans. Those loans are repaid in four to five years, typically. And then we reloan those funds. And we just keep doing that over and over and over and over. Alhamdulillah. That's really good. And that's where the name A Continuous Charity comes from. It's a sadaqa jariya. Um, but it's also as like a nonprofit, it's a self-sustaining solution to riba. Because it's we're not taking funds and then buying like a commodity or some kind of product that's going to be used and then is going to go away. When somebody donates to our organization, we turn that into a loan, which is going to be repaid and then reissued. And I'm sure uh, that in the future, sorry to cut you off, uh, that okay. they're going to have stuff like uh, endowments. I'm sure. Yeah, the, alhamdulillah, yeah. as in the national org right now is, is is based out of Texas, and they already have. They're already working on endowments and alqaf, alhamdulillah, to like uh, support uh, expenses and that sort of thing. But us as a chapter, I, I'm here representing representing the New Jersey chapter. Any funds that we raise is for loans. It's for Muslim loans. So if we raise eighty thousand dollars by the end of this year, inshallah, that's eighty thousand dollars of loans that are going to be issued, repaid, and then reissued continuously. But where does the um, staff get paid from? So as a, the chapters are not involved in that at all. So there's a very, very, very small uh, number of core uh, board members on the national level, uh, which is which is based primarily out of Texas, who uh, who do have small salaries. Uh, that doesn't come from chapter fundraising, and I'm not involved too much in where that comes so from. So clear delineations of fundraising. Yeah, yeah. So when a chapter opens up representing a state, its job is to raise funds for loans. Uh, that's it. Uh, they, the, the national organization is also working on, alhamdulillah, a few uh, waqf initiatives and establishing uh, means of revenue to cover two expenses. The primary one would be like any sort of organization expenses so that communities don't have to worry about that. And the second thing would be like loan forgiveness um, for people who uh, default on the loan or can't pay it back. Alhamdulillah, I don't know of anybody that's happened to, but just as like a safety measure, they want to have that in place. But That's wonderful. Uh, it seems like it's so simple. Right. Alhamdulillah, yeah. uh, fundraise for that. I'm sure they're going to 
pay the staff from some other source, right? And then eventually they're going to have endowments for sure, right? Yeah. Uh, where you, you can give uh, some charity and that charity will grow into become something bigger than just what you gave. Uh, that's wonderful. What else would you want to say? Uh, and also, people, if you have any questions for uh, Muhammad regarding uh, ACC, a, a continuous charity, uh, please send it in. Send in your questions. Yeah, so uh, really, for me, uh, I just I feel like this is such, honestly, like a big deal. Like the Riba issue is really such a, a, big a big deal. and Such a big deal. With all the resources and the finance, I mean, as 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 a minority group in America, the Muslim community is considered one of the most affluent and well-educated groups. And we have these great solutions to like, you know, Islamic finance for like mortgages and all this stuff, but nothing have, for student loans. Student loans is just kind of a thing where it's like, Oh, it's darura, So just, just take that. Event. Tell me something. What is the minimum? Like, for example, medical school, you're talking $200,000 sometimes. Yeah. I, I just finished medical school. So yeah. Through ACC. No, no, not through ACC, but I, yeah. I was working on ACC as a medical student because I just feel like this stuff is important. Would it give? So you're a doctor. Alhamdulillah, I, I just finished Doctor school. of what? Uh, I'm going into emergency medicine. Emergency, okay. Yes, inshallah. So um, medical school is something like a ridiculous amount of money. Absurd. Right, yeah. absurd <laughs> amount of money. But the good thing is that it is a job that you're, they're going to pay back their loan pretty much, right? Eventually. Because they're, they, it's like a, uh, I've never seen an unemployed doctor. It's like right? a high grade. It's like, like the percentage that the chances that you're going to actually earn is very high. If not 100%, right? Uh, the only times I've seen doctors not earn is when they choose to leave the profession. Yeah. Right? So that's one thing that's pretty good. Uh, other things is tough, though, like law school. They could earn, they could not, right? A graduate school, would you give out, like, uh, do, you, do you guys study the, the rate of employment of the profession that they're wanting? Someone comes to you, grad student, I want to do indian politics of the 15th century right <laughs> you're not giving out that loan right <laughs> so so alhamdulillah the, the the applicant selection process i am involved in that and yeah. my entire team in new jersey is involved in that yeah that's a very rigorous process but that involves includes all of that so before we select an applicant there's like a financial section to the application where you have to list out prince of persia well, join yeah. us <laughs> yeah, we are, we are Kareem. Kareem, Akbar. visiting from va mashallah <laughs> We got Kareem in the house, and we got Prince of Persia in the house, Wizard of Oz here. Yeah, uh, yeah, Abu TikTok is here. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Muhammad. Uh, so, uh, Muhammad. Yeah, you were saying that. Oh, uh, the, the we were jobs. we were yeah. talking about the study. You, there's no way you're given a loan for uh, Persian uh, poetry PhD, right? <laughs> well, so like before, uh, so like during the application review process, yeah. or when you write the application, there's a financial section where. You put in everything from like the, your current savings to what you're going into, the expenses that are going to be involved in going into that field, what you project to make, what's your plan. Like you have to show an, a plan for like this is the kind of area that I expect to work in. This is the average salary and this is how many years I want to pay back the loan over with that salary. This is how much I'll give per month. Like it's a very rigorous process, alhamdulillah. And all of that is done with a contract and with a co-signer on your contract. So and it's it's totally legit. So you know, there's things written on the contract, like if you if you, you know if you refuse to pay back, you know we we have like the uh, uh, the uh, justification to begin seizing your assets and all that stuff. You know, all the financial mumbo. So jumbo. you're not you're not. It's not some kind of game. No, not playing right. games. Not playing. But how it never happens because right now ACC, although we've loaned close to 3.4 million already, we're still small by our standards as a national organization. Definitely in New Jersey, we're still pretty small. Um, uh, but we're dealing with a lot of funds, obviously. So um, uh, there are like safety measures in place 
but we haven't had anybody take out like a $200,000 loan with us. Our average loans right now are anywhere from 10 to 20,000. But what education is there from 10 to 20? So 10 to 20 typically is undergrad or somebody going in for like a grad, uh, somebody who's like a graduate and want to re refinance part of their RIBA loan or. Uh, so then uh, uh, is there come a point where you're going to start financing a whole medical school education? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So Alhamdulillah, we've only in New Jersey, it's been two and a half years. And we've already have close to $80,000 in circulation. Yeah. So uh, $60,000 to date right now and, and, and up to $100,000 and things that are in the process right now. Students who have received loans are beginning to pay back. Um, and that's only in two and a half years. Is it only university or could it be like a private school for a kid? It's any higher education higher that education. requires okay. money. So we have, for example, one of our loan recipients is a sister who's already a PhD in dentistry overseas. Yeah but came to America and couldn't practice as a dentist. So she wanted to do a fellowship, for example. I see. And that's something that we support because yeah. it's not a, it's not a degree. So college and up but basically. Yeah. College really and up good. undergraduate. Um, and ACC educate.org is where people can donate. Yeah. Uh, and the, the last thing I'll say is I feel, um, you know, I just, I feel like this is something that our community community can fix now. First of all, I feel Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to facilitate a way for this eventually. I think the riba problem is going to be cracked eventually by the by the permission and will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, but it's just a matter of are we going to be a part of the group who brings it about or is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to use someone else? And so that's yeah. my thing. I feel like we have affluent communities. We have a model that works. We have the track record. And alhamdulillah, all, our, all, all of our annual reports are posted online, full transparency. That's really good. You know what? You um, could branch off or someone could mimic your company, your organization, and do the same thing for like uh, car loans, for cars, Yeah. to buy cars, like yeah. sp specialties for each one, right? To get cars. And, so, to, and then one maybe for, you know, it'll continue to, to branch out like that. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing is, again, it's self-sustainable. So if ACC yeah. loaned out $3.4 to date, that's not going anywhere. That's going to be repaid and then reloaned. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So if it doesn't, if we can't offer medical school loans today, I hope inshallah in ten years we'll be financing medical schools. You yeah, know, that'd be really, that would be really great. Be really uh, great. And the last thing I'll ask, if I just have another second, you can have as much time as you want. Uh, we are fundraising obviously for Ramadan. Um, Ramadan is a good time to fundraise. Okay, it's a good time for giving. Yep. Uh, we have a launch good page up. We want any sort of support from the community for for those who want to just pitch in a few dollars. You can donate on the launch code page. I can share it with 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 you all, and if you want to, you can post it. Okay. Um, uh, but for those who want to make large contributions, we have something called a legacy fund. So, like the New Jersey Muslim Physicians Group, open a legacy fund with us, and this is basically like I want to donate ten thousand dollars or five thousand, you know, whatever the legacy fund amount is. This is a fund you can establish in your name and a deceased relative's name and your family name, whatever, and it stays as your legacy fund. From it, we're going to give loans. We'll take care of managing all the finances. We'll give loans. You can grow your fund, your, your fund over time, but it's going to remain under your name for generations, inshallah. When students repay that loan, they're going to repay it to your fund. And then we're going to give someone else a loan from that fund. Yeah. And you'll get reporting about that fund, its finances. You get reporting about the student who received your loan. So there's full transparency. No. Oh, but for those who want to do good. like a something like that, you can um, mm -hmm. reach out to me or, or, or uh, send us an email. And for those who just want to pitch in $10, $50, $100, $200, you can do that through our launch code page, inshallah, which I'll share. That's really, really excellent. Um, I'm really impressed by this. And Jamal Hassan took him a long time to get you uh, onto, uh, you know, onto this live stream, but uh, it paid off. I'm really impressed with the whole operation. I don't, I don't think anyone isn't impressed. Uh, and I, I wish you the, you know, the best of uh, the most of Tawfiq and Allah Ta'ala give you all uh, consistency and, and be able to continue. Rai, were you going to say something? 
I'm on the launch grid page. Yeah. Is it? Is there one specific for New Jersey though? Yeah, there is. Yeah, I, I can share it with you in Shola. Yeah, I'll put the link in. Sure, I'm gonna share it right now. Okay. Um, are we ready to see this Will Smith thing? <laughs> I didn't see it. Everyone's texting me about it. Check. There's a. I want to give you a disclaimer. Yes. All right. So we have a uh, comment hour ago yeah somebody commented um el saracino he said the saracen yeah he said if, if chess is haram i think he's from tampa i think he wants maybe i don't know he said if chess is haram according to some scholars because it's a waste of time imagine following the stupid lives and actions of disbelieving idiot actors yeah i mean imagine that he Let's said watch. Wait, wait, <laughs> he said he hopes you don't stoop to that level no i'm not stooping to that level i'm already there <laughs> No, because there's something he looks like he defended his wife. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only reason I'm interested. I'm only watching it because of that. Because that's what they're saying here. He depend it looks like he's defending his wife. You know the background, right? Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it, all right? So, everyone's all laughing, having a good time. It's Jalazar, that was a nice one, okay. I'm out here, uh-oh, Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wait, what the heck just happened? Wait, what was the joke that he made? Okay, wait, what was it? I missed, totally missed, uh... Okay, I missed that whole thing. I didn't know that so, about. Like, the thing about it, uh, like why people Muslims are bringing it up, yeah, is because Will Smith, his wife is in an open relationship, so he lets her, you know, sleep with any man. What the hell? What happens is, is that the analysis, like I don't know, the Twitter analysts, what they're saying is that like the jokes didn't bother him. What actually bothered him is when like he makes a comment that was a nice one. Because he's, you know, indicating that I could have made like worse jokes and much more like, you know, jokes about that stuff. So I was easy on her. That's what gets Will Smith upset. So she can't grow hair. Yeah, she has but, a sickness. Yeah, it's like alopecia. I think her hair fell out. Um, I okay. Um. Oops. I don't know that is. I thought it was on ABC or something. You can't curse, but. Whoa. Oops. I mean, I thought this was supposed to be on like. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, so so it's about because of her hair. That's what it's it. That's the summary of it. More or less. It's, okay. or it's about him, like. But he's accepting this open relationship. Yeah, it's like it's like that's that's what they like the that's what set him off. That is really uh, messed up. I mean, I thought he was like it's sort of heroic that he hits a guy, uh, punches a guy who makes a joke about his wife. Like that was sort of the point. But this open relationship thing is a bit weird, right? 
anyway, what did you think of it, Oz? Kareem, you don't know about this? Heard about it. Yeah. It's one of those things everyone texting. I, I think Sarcerino was right. <laughs> Saracen? Yeah, Saracino. Well, I mean, you're living in a world. Sometimes you got to know, even if it's stupid, you got to know what people are talking about. Anyway, let's take the open QA now. All right, we got a question over here. So, yeah, I was confused, too, uh, because he was, like, laughing. Everything was fine. But then wait, you laughed at the joke. Then you went and punched the guy. Yes, it's, like, a weird, like, cognitive dissonance. I think, I think he saw that, like, his wife was upset. That's what I saw, like, that's what people were saying. Oh, uh, okay. His wife was upset, and then he saw that his wife was upset. <sighs> okay. Um, Sharif from Michigan, from Detroit, is asking, who is Wizard of Oz and Ryan? <laughs> well, Wizard of Oz is the guy who set up this whole technology of the studio. That's why we call him Wizard of Oz, because his name is Othman. And uh, Ryan is our, um, what do you call it? Like, I guess, produced. He asked the questions. He's the host. All right, next question. This open QA today, remember, if and it's the only day we do open QA. Other than that, it's going to be limited to uh, the topic that we're talking about. Next. How does one go about finding a teacher or scholar who is suited when they're, for them when they're seeking knowledge? How do you find a sheikh? First of all, you find a, a sheikh for a couple things. Uh, criterion number one, that his words match the word of Allah and his messengers. I said, in other words, that you don't find a clear disconnect. Number two, he has support from behind. In other words, there are other ulama who confirm that this person is safe to study with or good to study with. And thirdly, that he gives you some kind of um, inspiration. That you should find yourself getting better. And what is getting better in the dean? It means it means losing, you know, increasing your your a bad is getting better. You know that when you're getting better or worse, right? Caring more about matters of akhirah, caring more about taqwa. Okay. That's essentially what it is. Uh what's the Matic opinion on dogs? It's not allowed to have them in the house, but it's allowed to have them as shepherds. Uh, shepherd dogs, guard dogs outside. Their saliva is not nedges. That has nothing to do with the permissibility of keeping them as pets. If you want to know about that, you can see the Risala of Ibn Abi Zayd, one of the earliest Maliki texts, and he makes it very clear that keeping them in the house is per forbidden because in the time of the Prophet, Sayyidina Jibreel had told the messenger that he would meet him at a certain time, and he did not come. When the Prophet went out, he saw Sayyidina Jibreel standing outside the house, and he said, it's because you have a dog in there and the angels don't enter in a house with a dog so therefore we understand from that angels do not like to enter with dogs therefore it's prohibit why it's just the creation that's how it is right in the same way like we don't like bugs why don't we like bugs when we're much bigger and we're much stronger than them it's just something inside of us hates them you don't like bad smells something inside of the um uh, then the angels do not like the dirtiness of the dog so they do not enter the house that has a dog we talk about the angels of mercy right not the angels that keep your record they're always with you whether there's a dog or not so that's basically the summary of of this the, the question of dogs uh s bailey says in the hanafi madhab can i follow the madiki madhab during ramadan so i can read from an ipad inshallah this should be fine you can find you can follow it on that issue and more uh cozy chloe says sometimes it seems the prophet is regarded as holy more than human how does islam draw the line when it comes to taking it too far and essentially worshiping him uh well the only worshiping is a big thing so what we do we do regarding the messenger وسلم, is what the quran tells us to do but you honor him all right and hold him in high esteem 
and that salah and salam upon him at all times is a re- removal of our anxieties and our fears. And the, pro- and the Sahaba never achieved the rank that they achieved except their nearness to the Prophet and their love of the Messenger, peace be upon him, was what motivated them after his passing. That's the only distinction is one thing that makes you a companion or not a companion. And that is that you were in the presence of the Messenger and that Allah Ta'ala holds him as his most beloved. So there is no ever in history anyone who has worshipped the Prophet Sallallahu in the Ummah of Islam because the Prophet himself says I have no fear that you will ever enter into shirk again. So that will never happen. And therefore the Messenger, peace be upon him, he is a human but not like other humans as uh, the scholars say. Uh, in the same way that a ruby is a rock but it's not like other rocks. And therefore the Messenger وسلم, must always be held in high esteem and should never be uh, treated like any other man. As the Quran says, do not raise your voice in his presence. Um, uh, do not treat him like anyone else. So he, his treatment is different. Also, this is the one Allah has chosen him to save us uh, from the hellfire eternally. So he, we, you owe him a debt of gratitude for that reason. And so uh, that's essentially the, the our position on that. Ryan, what you got? What is the wisdom behind somebody being sick during Ramadan or blessed times like Nisfim and Shaban? People who are sick in the month of Ramadan or Nisfim and Shaban, Allah, I don't know if there's a wisdom, but maybe your dua will be accepted even more because you're suffering and you're sick. So maybe you're not doing ibadah, but you're being purified. Should we have regulatory body for kids after school madaris? I don't know. It's hard to have a regulatory body for the whole nation but they should be local practices and people can benefit from each other's local practices that make uh, that like best practices. For example, there, there should never be a student alone in a room w- with a teacher. There's just too much abuse happening. Why have a doubt? The teacher's room should have a camera like the, the where the teaching happens. It should have a camera. So it eliminates all doubt of abuse between parents and kids or teachers and kids things like that best practices that you could study and and every and they should be publicized right? and then people follow those best practices what do we make um of salafis you're saying out there who stand by the ruler and accuse others of being misguided you want to answer that They stand by the ruler in the wrong, but they accuse everyone else of being an innovator. Seems like the question already has an opinion, right? That, you know. Maddikis don't allow them in the house? No. Uh, Salafis can come in the house, but dogs, I'm sure she's asking about. Yes, they can. Salafis, uh, dogs can come in the house. They cannot come in the house. Ryan, what you got? How do you increase your work, work ethic and stay away from hypocrisy? How do you increase your work ethic? But it's by visualizing the reward of your work. What's the? What are you going to get out of this when you know that when you're motivated uh, for a reason to get up in the morning? You're going to work, and we have short-term goals and long-term goals. That's like two feet. A long-term goal has to be jannah, dying upon ahl sunnah jamaa. Uh, the short-term goal has to be what am I going to get out of life today? That's a short-term goal. You have a short-term goal and a long-term goal. You walk with two feet. A bird flies with two wings. Okay. 
you, you, you depth perception with two eyes. So you have to have a short-term goal. What am I getting out of today or, or, or within the next year or within the next two years? And then your long-term goal. Your long-term goal sets your priorities of what's important, but your short-term goal is what gets you up in the morning. That's how that's how I, I view it anyway. And Allah Ta'ala, he, he, he accepts for us to have short-term worldly goals. Uh, Saadiya says, opinion on Mother's Day? Neither is it something that's going to be mandub, nor is it something that's going to be, if anything, maximum would be makru to imitate the, the take your 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 direction from non-believing sources. But I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, you're going to get sins if you get your mother something nice on Mother's Day. But I wouldn't say it's neither mandub, nor is it haram, right? But it is probably makru to take your direction of how you act and live. You know, from non-Muslim sources. Allahu Adam. Okay. How do you get kids excited for Ramadan as they get older? How do they get excited for Ramadan? Yes, go ahead, Oz. You let them start. Let them go to the masjid, and, and that should be enough, yeah. right? And especially in Tarawih. Yeah, it Tarawih. Be that, you know, you go home directly, like um, you know, you or whatever yeah. just let them you know if you know that the kids in the masajid they're not up to doing anything yeah. then just you know give them let the message take over them, you know give them a taste of that and let them do itikaf because itikaf builds so many memories yeah and you're never going to forget that i think so the last 10 nights you do itikaf skip school and yeah. uh also the masjid itself the 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 excitement of tarawih is really the the juice of it all and it's the wisdom of 20 rakas or in Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdulaziz, 36 rakas. He made it 36. Why? To make them short. To allow people to be able to stay shorter, uh, um, you know, uh, to leave whenever they need to. So for more precise amounts of time. So if you did a, a eight rakah tarawih, then each rakah is like 12 minutes maybe, maybe eight minutes, right? Or 15 minutes. But if you have short rakas, then you can say, okay, two more rakas and we'll leave. You stay. You could stay at a more specific amount of time. That's one of the wisdoms of increasing the number of rakas in tarawih. YQ, yes, Al Qadi is talking about the Maliki method on dogs, saying it's makru. Um, and Reef has a response to that, but the answer is tahrim. Karahia, tahrim, tahrim. Sharif Ala Din says. Can females do atikaf in the Maliki Madhab and is it possible for her to do it at home? Yes, in the in the fiqh, then at home is better, but there's no pro prohibition on doing it in the masjid. Can these streams be recorded at a later time? Yes, they can be here and on YouTube. Inside the channel. What is the best remedy for OCD? I think of medical attention, right? Actual medical attention. Your doctor. Answer. <laughs> they didn't teach you that you didn't take the psych uh rotation yet i know i did i, I did. what did they do did they uh, did you see people go for have a ocd and then not have ocd so i was only in the in i only did inpatient psych so i didn't do the outpatient psych uh i don't know how typically you do like cognitive behavioral therapy uh, which is like therapy like with a psychologist or therapy. i haven't seen that done. behavioral not uh not like pills and medicine uh, I haven't seen it done, so I don't. You know haven't seen it, it. yeah. Okay. But typically, it's it's behavioral therapy. Yeah. Behavioral, it's behavioral. Someone walks you through how to stop being, and they could supplement it with meds also. What uh, kind of meds? 
like what's the typically... what's the part of the brain that is is have an issue there like alhamdulillah i'm going to mercy medicine so i don't have to okay <laughs> deal with it but they would they, they didn't have that like question SSRI. on the mcat for you no they would they would they would typically <laughs> what's the cure of like ocd a, <laughs> typically like an ssri or or like a tca which is another English? type of antidepressant they're antidepressant medications SSRI, but ocd is not necessarily depressed is he it's not but there's some like um like an ssri which is like a selective serotonin re uh, reuptake inhibitor it's just like a um, psych med it's used mainly for depression but you can use it for also ocd you can use it for anxiety you can yeah. So like they have like you know guys so, how much you give and do you start with their do you start with therapy and all this stuff. So right? cognitive behavioral therapy essentially is what the, is the only real answer that I'm getting from you, right? Uh, plus or minus meds, yeah. Plus or minus medication. It's a psychiatrist so, feels like it's. Uh, yeah. So I would say basically that a therapist will walk you through undoing the reasons why you're behaving in this OCD manner. So I think that that's that is a type of cure for it. To like butt in here but like a lot of people um assume that they have ocd but ocd is like a clinical diagnosis there's some people who have what's called uh, uh obsessive comp compulsive personality disorder which is ocpd which is not like a clinical ocd it's and the difference is that someone with ocd will have compulsions that they won't be able to control and will have to act on them to relieve anxiety and they have no control of it whereas someone with just like a personality disorder which just means you it's just your personality is somebody who chooses like yeah i'm ocd and i like being ocd i think yes, it's better yes, to be me yeah. and that's not someone yeah. who needs medicine shoved at so them. He, so, so there's there's two darajats yeah, yeah. there's sagair and kabair of ocd yeah, <laughs> yeah. the big <laughs> one is you literally can't can't control yourself you think your yeah, yeah. gonna die if you don't flick on yes uh, yes i see, yes. I see. okay you, you okay. think that if you don't that's check... wiswas of shaitan for sure yes. for sure that must be some kind of wiswas involved but it could also be something that you could be walked out of through therapy right uh thank you for that what's the reasoning that Madikiya give that the dog saliva is not najis. The reason is that the Prophet said, if the dog licks your bowl and wash that bowl seven times once with dirt, if it was najis, number one, there is no issue in the najasa of the bowl. You don't pray with a bowl, right? So it has nothing to do with the najasa of our clothes or our salah. It has to do with the hygiene of eating after a dog has licked it and hence if it was najis we would clean the bowl once what how do you clean something from najasa you 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 wash run water on it and rub it until the water comes out clean okay even if i had some najasa on a cloth and i just ran it under the water until the water comes out clean that's it but the prophet said seven times and once with dirt so that's why they did not consider the Medici do not consider it nudges. Ryan, you're up. Do you you have to give a zakah on the same gold holdings every year? Do you have to give zakah on gold every year? If it is jewelry that you wear or may wear, then no. If it's of course, you know, gold that you've saved up that you bought bullion, then yes. Uh, the middle path on TikTok. The middle path. I don't know who they are. I don't know which, which organization they, that is, but it is apparently some organ. I did see their stuff a long time ago. You mentioned that Habib Omar said about regularly thinking about one's dua. Does this refer to visualization of a dua coming true? The clip that Habib Omar says, he says, how do people get himma? Himma means it's like a drive. He said, bit 
الامر الذي تريده right او تتمناه it's by visualizing the ta'amul thinking about the matter that you want in other words thinking of your goals we get this from the quran right where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala min ana al-layl fasabbihu atraf an-nahar la'allaka tarda so that you can be pleased so you can, and what is the quran all about telling us about goals right things that you can earn in dunya and akhirah even sayyidna nuh alayhi salam the prophet nuh he encourages his people faqultu astaghfiru rabbakum innahu kana ghaffara turn to allah repent from this idol worship yursil as-samaa'a alaykum idrara what does sayyidna nuh lure his people to iman with all worldly things long life wealth rivers homes wealth etc etc okay so um yes uh, it is about constantly bringing to mind what is it that you're you're working towards what you live what are you living towards that's that you have to have a goal in life people get nowhere because they literally don't have any goals right and anyone who does have a goal probably will attain it okay all right let's go to ryan you're up okay what are the practical this is from hack one two three what are the practical and religious steps when your sabr and tawakkul dwindles when your sabr and your tawakkul dwindles what are some practical steps to increase your patience and reliance upon allah is to realize the, the shortness of time that you think is a long time what you think is a long time like what people tell me all the time i have been waiting for two years i made dua for one year okay but you know like this guy just did medical school that took him four years he's going to do residence took another four years high school takes four years intermediate school takes three years and you don't even care about these things things take time things have to marinate nothing is uh just like that if if you got what you wanted just like that you would probably get a nervous breakdown because it's not really the way things work if you made a dua and three days later a major dua and like three weeks later it happened you could probably get a nervous breakdown because there, there there's not enough exp- the expectation is not there yet it's like it's happened too fast you would probably be afraid to make another dua right too much too quick of a change is no good for your nervous system so that's why it goes slowly can you do a stream on a session on Omar al-Khattab why not why not what is the difference between mu'ajiza and karama and can you give an example of istidraj istidraj is that Allah gives you what you want while you can continue to commit sins so if you're not committing sins and Allah is blessing you it's not istidraj the moment you start committing sins and you're still getting blessed that's it's not blessing anymore it's istidraj so that's the, the main criterion and difference the difference between a mu'jiza to a prophet and a karama to a wali is nothing other than the claim of prophethood yeah that's the only difference yes what is the um like it's of course not a blessing Right? I mean, some sort of blessing, but it's what you're saying, right? Istidraj is to be to be given stuff, success or worldly success, or what it seems to be success, while you still commit your sins. And you're not making toba. It's not like I'm committing sins, but I make toba. We're saying he's committing sins shamelessly, without toba. So what is the, um, 
I guess not not reason for defining the term, but like, what is the impact? I don't, I don't know where to like. What's the impact of a sidraj? It, it's gonna that that blessing that you're seeming looks like a blessing. That wealth that you're getting and that success will lead you to your destruction. It will be used eventually for your destruction. Uh, Cozy Chloe says your opinion on anxiety. Of course, everyone has some anxiety. And do you have any advice? Yes. The Salah on the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That concept that you had, this is the same questioner who said some people, they consider the Prophet a holy man and they oh, it's as if they worship him. You clean out that idea out of your head right now. Okay? Because the Salah on the Messenger and the reading of his Sirah, anything surrounding the Prophet, its function in the life of a Muslim is to remove anxiety. The Quran, the function of the Quran is to solidify your iman. And this, the function of the salah on the Prophet ﷺ is to remove your anxiety and alter your moods. It alters your personality. It alters your, 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 your state. The function of fiqh is to put rails on your behavior. The function of aqidah is to remove false beliefs and superstitions and, and misunderstandings of, uh, of things from your mind. Everything has a function. The, the function of the jama'ah, the group, is to keep you on the straight path. And to keep you humble, right? To keep you grounded. We're grounded by the jama'ah. Some people don't have a family. Maybe they're converts, right? The jama'ah, the people in the mosque who pray, Fajr and Aisha, and that people who are mosque-going Muslims, they become your grounding, right? Your source of grounding. So everything has a role, and therefore we have to have a little bit of everything. But if you have a lot of anxiety, you need an extra dosage of Salah on the Messenger, and that's why they said 1,000 is the number that the scholars used to do every day. As a good... Uh, as a good a good uh, uh, number, and they got that from Ibn Mas'ud. Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, as quoted by Ibn Al-Qayyim, do not let Friday ever go by without doing 1,000 salawats on the messenger. They took that, they do it every day. Abdul Basit says, do the jinn study the Quran and hadith to follow the religion? Yes, they follow the madhahib that we have. They follow all of the schools of thought and the imams of the Muslims. Is it a synonym to witr? The shafa is the, the rakaat before witr, and witr is the one rakaat. And that is a sunnah. What if you're waiting 12 years to get remarried when everyone told you you'll immediately remarry because you're a catch? But you waited, to, they hasided you, they gave you hasid. Keep going. Who is she? I'm not going to tell you. You go on the stream and, and, and send her a DM if you want. Okay. Don't send her a DM, actually. I retract that. Do not send her a DM. Your sister can send her a DM. Okay. Your mom can send her a DM. Do not DM a sister. Okay. Uh, leave off these negative thoughts to this questioner. Leave off these negative thoughts. And this Ramadan, you have a chance coming upon you. Every iftar, you turn to Allah with dhul, with faqr, poverty. Okay. Every iftar, that dua is powerful. Every suhoor, last third of the night, that dua is really powerful. Leave off these negative thoughts completely and have thiqa billah. Chances are, the more time goes, maybe the closer you get to your ijabah, right? Well, there's no point to give up now. If you've gone 12 years, what's the point of giving up now? Then you wasted the 12 years. At least don't give up now. Keep going. What else is there to do? You only have two options. Giving up. 100% misery, keep going, at least there's still a chance of success, right? So rationally speaking, that's a mathematical equation right there. There's 100% guarantee if I give up. But as long as I keep going, there's still a chance. So continue on. Maybe this will be your year. As um, 
Ibn Atha says, for the, a sinner who's an addict to committing sins, many people have addictions. He says, every time that you fall into your sin, tell yourself this might be the last because one day it will be your last. Right? So there's no point in giving up. Is the Ism al-Adham found in 99 names? It's found in Ayat al-Kursi and it's found in the initial Ayat of Ali Imran. Allah knows best. Are we streaming in Ramadan? The answer is yes, we are, inshallah ta'ala, for the first 20 days. Then last 10 nights, we don't. Not first 20 days, the first 20 days, the Monday and Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Ryan, what you got? All right, our brother Fayezuddin Ahmed Sayed, he's in the trenches debating atheists. Mm -hmm. And he said, Sheikh, may Allah have mercy on your parents. Amin. Amin. He said that, well, he said that a well-known atheist said that all of the miracles of prophets can be explained scientifically. So he is asking, are the miracles the sign or the measure or something that distinguishes a true prophet from a false um, Firstly, the atheist, what he says, that all, all um, miracles can be proven scientifically. It's quite absurd what he's saying, first of all. Yeah. First of all, I'm happy that he's accepting the narration that the sleeve was split. Like, he doesn't even think. The atheist, are you accepting, therefore? that the sea was split and that Muhammad Sallallahu split the moon, right? So the atheist, this, this is a weak atheist, right? His argument is weak because he's basically accepting the narration, the transmission, right? If you accept that that transmission happens, right, then why don't you accept other things happens, right? So and forget that, but yes, a, mir a prophet is known by his miracles, okay? Amongst other things, as the fifth reaction to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi to that messenger but also the miracle of the messenger is the quran that's his biggest of all miracles because that's the one that stays with us so the study of the quran should lead a person to belief in the messenger is it allowed to pray around pictures and statues not towards them but if you have no other choice and they're in the room as long as they're not in your qibla what does it mean may allah uh, bless his his heart that's literally what it means uh, so uh, it's um, it's a dua essentially. At-taqdis means to remove all blemishes. The sir is is one of the meanings of the heart, the depth of the heart. Would you say that all minor sins have minor signs have occurred? Some people say that all the minor signs of the day of judgment have occurred, or most of them have occurred, and then we're just waiting on the major ones. I'm going to have to take a quick break. Do we, should we wrap up here or we should wrap up because we have a lot of, of questions, but inshallah in the future, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get to these questions. Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa al-ladhina amanu wa aminu salihat wa tawasaw bil-haq wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wa